a pastor in Washington, D.C., and um, he uh, created some material and, and said, said that, that people can use it. So I am using it, and uh, just the book really ministered to me. I read it a couple times, and I thought, hey, maybe this would also minister to you. Plus, it gives me an excuse to, to use a walking stick. So I, I thought, man, that would, could I find a sermon series where I could use a walking stick? And I found one. So that, that's what we're doing today. Uh, the, we, we started out the, um, the series, and I talked about Honey. And uh, Honey, the circle maker, and he was, uh, he lived in, um, uh, well, kind of in between the Testaments. And uh, right after the Old Testament, um, before the New Testament, there was about 400 years where the, where the Bible said that, well, the Bible didn't say that. Scholars have said it was the, the silent years because there isn't a recorded word of the Lord. We don't have scripture. We don't, we don't have anything like that. Um, not saying he didn't speak. We just don't, we just don't have record of that. Um, and so, uh, so in, the, in those 400 years, people still uh, serve the Lord and, uh, um, you know, and all of those things. Well, right down towards the end of the 400 years, um, that last generation before Jesus was uh, Honey the Circle Maker lived. And uh, legend says that he lived uh, outside the walls of Jerusalem and he, would, uh, he was known to pray for rain. And there was a, there was a uh, horrendous drought in the land. In fact, it almost wiped out that last generation. And so one day Honey took his walking stick and whoosh, right? Sorry, I I jest. And he drew a drew a circle in the sand. And in that place of holy desperation, got on his knees before the Lord and said, Lord, send your rain. And uh, and he prayed and he prayed he prayed hard and he prayed long. And he says, What did he say? He said, I'm not leaving this circle until rain comes. And uh, man, I, what a bold prayer, huh? I mean, I, there's lots of things where I'm like, man, I don't, know, I don't know if I'm bold enough to pray a prayer where I'm saying I'm not leaving that circle. I, I don't know. I don't know. Man, Honey had, had that faith and that, that boldness to pray. And, and, and as he prayed, um, uh, the, the rain started trickling, right? And he was, he, but he didn't give up on the prayer because he's like, that's not exactly. I mean, it's, it's there. I, I could be satisfied with it, but I wanted a little bit more. And so he said, more, Lord, and I mean, it, it started raining so much that it was flooding and people were going for high land and all of this. And Honey's, he walked his prayer back a little bit and said, Lord, wait a minute. Could, could we have just like a gentle, a gentle rain? And the Lord, uh, he turned down the faucet a little bit. And such an incredible story of contending for things. Last week I shared about um, how if, if our deep faith isn't rooted in deep relationship with God, then, then this is just a mental exercise. We're just, we're just uh, mind over matter, just believing, just believing. But man, there has to be something that we can sink our teeth into. There has to, there has to be a deep relationship with the Lord that you're, you're saying, I, I know because I talk with him. I talk with him every day. I know because, because we're friends. We have relationship. My, my faith is rooted in a deep relationship with the Lord. And so I can believe big things because, because I know him. <laughs> He's my friend. We talk. We talk all the time. I can believe for big things because we know each other. Today, I wanted to talk about contending for his promises. 
And, and this, is, this is, can start to take our prayer life to, to another level because, because uh, if we're contending for his promises, then we're contending for things that he has said. Now, how many know that there's sometimes things are on your prayer list and you're not sure if, it, if this is God's will or your will, but you're just praying for it, right? They made your prayer list. It's, you know, all the stuff in your family and all the stuff in your home and all the stuff in your, in your workplace and all the stuff that, that's just pressing on your heart and you put it on your prayer list and you're praying through. And there's sometimes there's a part in your mind when it comes to a few of those items where you're like, man, I don't know if this is my will or God's will, but I'm presenting this before him. I'm praying. But man, it goes to a whole nother level when you know. Wait, no. This is his promise. Now we... There's, there's different theological pendulum swings when it comes to, to prayer. I mean, because, because, man, if it's his promise, well, then I don't even need to pray for it, right? I mean, if he just promised, then, then I can just kind of sit back and wait for, it, wait for it to come. At least we, we think, think about it along, along those lines. And, and a lot of people uh, believe along those lines that really uh, prayer isn't this thing that, that really has any type of power behind it because uh, you know, God's going to do what God's going to do anyways. And, and so uh, he, he asks us to pray, so we pray because of obedience, but not necessarily because there's any, any power with it, right? We, people think like that. And yeah, I don't see that. In Scripture, in fact, you want to know if a real famous passage that, um, that we all, at least I would say 90% of us have at least heard in the Bible? And watch this. Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Right. Right. I was just thinking about that this morning. I was thinking, well, where did that, that prayer come from? Well, that prayer came as the disciples said, Lord, what? Teach us how to pray. And so, and so Jesus was saying, okay, so here's how you should pray all this. And he says, and pray, pray your, your, when he's saying your, it's the Father's, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Why would he be asking the disciples to pray for his kingdom to come if it was already going to come? I have a theory. I don't have, all of the, I don't have all the answers, but I have a theory. Part of my theory is this, is that somehow the Lord wants to use us. For some reason, it comes back to relationship. He could do it all by himself. He could, just, he could just snap his fingers and make it all happen. But for some reason, he wants to partner with us, with believers, with those that, 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 would, that would put his name on them and say, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I'm a Christ follower. He wants to partner with you, with me. And, and he says, okay, so what I want you to do is I want you to pray like this. Pray, pray that my kingdom would come. Like, Jesus, like I'm, like, like I have anything to do with it. He's like, no, 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 you do. You do. Your prayers are going to usher in my kingdom. And how many know that, there, that there's a, two parts to that? That there's a, his kingdom is coming someday. He's going to come back on a white horse, and he's going to kick butt and take names, right? And he's got a big tattoo on his leg, right? Everyone's like, what, what, what? We, no, no, yeah. And his kingdom is among us, in you and on you and around you and and Jesus says, this is how you should pray. I want you to partner with my promise. I want you to contend for my promise. I said it. It's real. It's there. And it's like it's hanging in the balance. And, it's, and it requires your prayers to bring it into fruition.
Whoa. Man, somebody needs to believe that with me this morning. Isn't that true? There's some different examples of that in, um, in Scripture. Several century, centuries before the drought came that, uh, that threatened to destroy Honi's generation, there was another drought in Israel. Do you guys remember that? There was another drought. It was three long years. There was no puddle jumping in Israel. And then the Lord promised Elijah that he would send rain. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1. I think it's up here. After a long time in the third year. Everyone say, after a long time. Can you imagine three years of no rain? Farmers in here, can you imagine three years of no rain? Man, that, that's no bueno, like my Spanish friends say, right? After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and what? I will send rain on the land. Yes, absolutely. But like every promise, man, I'll tell you this. There are most of the promises we have to fight for and we have to contend for. I, I don't have all of the reasons, but one of the big ones is relationship. It's this place that he wants to use you and he wants to use me and, and I contend for the promise. I don't see it, but you said it. I don't see it yet, but you said it. I don't see it. Anybody ever pray like that? Man, I'm not seeing it yet, but I know you said it, Lord. You said it. You said it, and I believe it. Just like that, Elijah contended for rain. The whole story, you go First uh, uh, Kings 18, and the, that whole chapter is a pretty dramatic chapter. Do you guys remember where, where Elijah has the showdown with the prophets of Baal, and, and he's up on the Mount Carmel? I actually got to go up to the top of Mount Carmel and look across. I mean, I'm just, just watching. I got to see uh, um, the, the valley of uh, Megiddo where, where, where they, they say that Armageddon is supposed to happen. I'm like, this is trippy. <laughs> This is, I'm right here. I'm standing on Mount Carmel and praying, and I'm like, wait a minute. Fire came down here one time. This is nuts, right? I mean, it's just an it's so surreal when, when you're there. Elijah was on Mount Carmel, and, and the, the prophets of Baal and all of this, and he had prayed for, uh, you know, they, who, whose God is real? I was just listening to a debate um, um, on YouTube, I was listening to a debate between a, a Christian apologetic uh, guy and then, a, and then an atheist. And, and it was that same conversation, which God is real? And the one guy's like, well, no God is real. <laughs> There's no, no God. And, and, and our God is it, That was what Elijah was doing right there. You remember Elijah taunting them? Um, I, I love it when there's humorous places in Scripture and, and uh, the prophets of Baal are dancing around the altar and, and, and Elijah's like, Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe you need to shout louder. And, you know, maybe, maybe he's on vacation. I mean, Elijah said stuff like that. You're like, what? Come on, Elijah, give him a break. You know, they're doing the best they can. And Elijah commands his people to dig a trench, and then they pour water over the trench, and over the altar, and then into the trench. And then, and then he says, oh, God, <laughs> like you would too. <laughs> You're like, this better work. And he prays, 
and God answers with fire from heaven and it comes down and consumes the watery sacrifice. Man, so cool. Well, right after that, and like immediately after that, Elijah elbows King Ahab and says, hey, go, you better go eat and drink because rain's coming. I can, I can sense heavy rain's coming. Ahab goes and eats and drinks and Elijah climbs a little bit higher and he's like, oh God, <laughs> you promised. You said. He sends his, his servant out. His servant goes out and his servant goes out six times. It's the seventh time that the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. I just, I just think about this, and it's like, it's usually we pray once, we send the servant out once to look for rain, we pray one time and it doesn't happen, and we're like, ah, oh, gosh, I guess, I guess it doesn't work. I guess prayer doesn't work. I guess God doesn't listen. Send him out a second time, six times. I think Elijah would have kept praying even if it was 10,000 times. But, you know, I asked that counterfactual question, what if Elijah would have given up after the sixth time? What if he sent his servant out six times and then he came back and, sorry, sir, no clouds. I'm looking in every direction. No clouds. And what if he said, well, I guess it's not for today. And then they just walk down the mountain. What if? I don't know. I wonder if it would have been the same thing. I, I think it would be the same thing with Jericho. Remember we talked about Jericho a few weeks ago? Like what if on the, on the seventh day, sixth lap, they get around and Joshua finally just said, you know what? This is bogus. This is the most ridiculous plan I've ever heard of. We've tried this thing. Everybody go home. We we would have we would have a whole different type of Bible I think with I mean I mean without without Jericho without the Promised Land I mean I think there are times when the Lord's just saying don't give up don't give up keep praying keep praying keep praying don't give up don't give up I know you man and especially in our American culture right we want to just kind of kind of hop up in an oversized microwave in the sky and press two minutes and be done, right? Like, we want this thing to be just, just instant. And the Lord's like, would you contend? I, I, I hear Jesus' voice in my ear saying, could you stay awake with me for just an hour, <laughs> right? Would you contend? Would you, would you pray through? I've promised this, but this, but this, this is going to take the body of Christ pulling this into reality. I've promised, this is a promise, but, but I'm asking for you to partner with me and pull it down. Would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? And so Elijah Elijah prayed through and God came through. 
The sky turned black. Heavy winds blew across the barren landscape and raindrops fell for the first time in three years. Can you imagine? Whoa. Whoa. Raindrops falling on my head. Sorry. It's been a while since I've serenaded you. so easy to give up on dreams it's so easy to give up on miracles to give up on promises we we lose heart we lose patience we lose faith and then like a slow leak it, it usually doesn't happen all at once it's like the slow leak it often happens without us even knowing it and then our prayer life gets a flat are there dreams that god wants to resurrect in you are there promises that you need to reclaim is there a miracle that you need to start believing for again? I was just thinking about, um, just even in my own life, um, and there were things, I'm reminded back with, um, some of you guys remember me talking about my Uncle Rick. And, uh, um, man, he was, if you don't know him, he was just a hero of mine in the faith. Um, um, both like my brother and I, we were, we would, uh, my wife uh, even, she was, she grew up in his ministry and just, just a hero of the faith and one day um in fact um man i don't remember where i was when uh when he got his heart attack but i uh, all of a sudden it was like phone rings and superman went down like he uh he had this heart attack and, and then people were saying we, we don't know what we'll, we'll let you know more information we don't know what's going on and they rushed him to to the hospital and I couldn't get there. I think I don't know if it was the next day or two days later. The next next day, we we were in the car and we were there and um, and he had worked. He uh, he he was uh, a minister, but also his uh, his uh, day job was uh, working for the governor of Iowa, and uh, that was his re- direct report was working for the governor of Iowa in the communications network. And so um, so we go up. They're not letting lots of people back, but we got to go back in. And I remember I remember times. Do you remember when we all like gathered with in hands around his bed and we were like singing and worshiping and speaking in tongues and we're just like come on (laughs) come on get up i mean there were prophetic words that were coming in from i mean all over the country and i mean this was just it was an incredible moment um i remember leaving leaving that time um see the I, i was one of the ones that um where when the doctor would come in that um, aunt christy and i and my brother and and uh, and uh, and then one and then her son we would be the ones making decisions because aunt christy was a mess and she's like what do you guys think i don't know and um i remember the doctor coming in and saying things like he's brain dead like he he'll he'll never like like he's he's the machines are keeping him alive but he's not he's not there and it's like oh man oh man um I can I be honest I I struggled to pray like I didn't even know what the right words were and we we left um we left Des Moines he was in that same that same state we left Des Moines come, came back to to Kearney Nebraska and I uh just expected that we're going to get a phone call and either he had died or or just no no change and this is just basically how it's going to be well, I don't know if it, it was within a few days uh, at least a, a week or so and we they FaceTimed us and he was in a wheelchair um, and they were they were uh, 
kind of rolling him around, and he was he was responding a um, a little bit, and he was smiling and all the best. He couldn't he couldn't like like really talk yet or or articulate. But he, I'm like, that's a whole lot different than brain dead. I think that's quite a bit different there. And um, and then it kept kept progressing, and he uh, um, he pretty much for about a year lived in um, like a nursing home type of a situation, and. Um, but there were some times where I was able to like go and be with him and, uh, and he would say stuff like, I love you. And, uh, and, and we, I would be able to just talk with him and I, and I knew that he was, that he couldn't get it all out, but I knew that we were there. And I remember my wife being able to do the same thing. And I mean, it was just, we had some incredible moments for about a year. And then, um, then on my birthday, um, I was working out with Matt O'Neill. If you guys remember Matt O'Neill, and we were we were pumping iron. I get a phone call from my brother. Thought he was gonna wish me a happy birthday, and he was wanting me to know that Uncle Rick died. And I'm like, oh no, man the man the prayers didn't work, right? Those are that those are the things that are going on in, in my head, and I. And I'll tell you, there 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 are some things that happen in your life. There's some things that happen in my life that that challenge our faith. And and even challenge: um, Are we going to keep? Are we going to keep praying? Are we going to keep pressing in, or are we going to pull back, right? And and so I I don't know. That was one. That was one of those things. And um, fast forward to now, you know, one of the things I'm praying I'm praying for. I'm holding on to promises. Is Lord, what was on Rick's life that you want me to pick up and take? What was on his life? What was on, on uh, Superman, right? What was on my mentor's life that you're wanting me to, 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 to resurrect that didn't have to die with the man that could keep going? I mean, that, that's one of my things. You know, another thing for me um, that, that caused me to, to struggle to believe the promises was we had had six miscarriages, and I think the last one, like I was, I was done. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever walked through stuff like that, but but loss, miscarriages, whatever it might be. For me, I was. I remember just being in the sanctuary here, and I didn't even know how to. I don't even know how to pray. I'm like, I, I'm like, I, I I prayed really really hard. Like what what now, God? And and then I remember having to go teach a a class on. on um, we, we, we did School of the Spirit at that time, and we were doing, I was teaching on, you know, healing and the prophetic and all of this, and I'm like, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. And then pulling through all of that to realize that, wait a minute, no, like his promises are still true. Like we, we still contend for his promises. We don't have, there's a mystery that we live in that we don't fully get and fully understand, but he still remains true. There's not been one time that he hasn't come through on his promises. That's why it's called a promise. The Bible actually says that, that he's not a, God, a, a man that he should lie. <laughs> right? He, he keeps his promises. And I had to, to come before him with my heart and just say, oh, man, Lord, man, I need to, I need to pick this up again. Well, we, uh, some of you guys know our story. We picked it up again. At, at, at some point, we started to say, all right, Lord, I think I, I mean, I couldn't believe for life um, like that week after, probably not even that six months. After. Somewhere along the line, I was like, all right, Lord, we can do this again. 
we can do this again. Well, we had a, another child, and then uh, and that was great, Aria, and you guys know Aria. And then, um, but then we had gone to visit my brother uh, because he just had twins, and uh, so we went, and the twins. Uh, I think one of them was in the hospital, and one wasn't, or both. I can't. Were they, was that how it was? And anyways, we had a great time. They had twins, and and we were driving back to Kearney, and uh, we both looked at each other and said, "I think we're done." God's good. Aria, lioness, we're done. And I don't know, it must have been within a week or, or something, and Becky's like, I, we're not done. <laughs> Lydia, man, isn't God good? Man, he is so good. And, and uh, it doesn't always work out the, um, in, in my way or in your way or, and all of this, but the, his promises, his promises uh are true and they're they're worth believing and you can you can stake a claim on them i remember times where i was um there was a family member's marriage that was just blew up it's like you just put a dynamite and just put it in there and walked away and poof, the whole marriage just blew up um some of you probably have heard about one of those or been a part of one of those and um so i get the phone call hey <laughs> we need you you know and I remember holding them to rocking them to sleep because of guilt and shame and condemnation, all those types of things. And man, praying for days and weeks and contending, drawing circles around their marriage. Oh God, right? Oh God, maybe you, you've probably heard about marriages that like it's going to take a miracle. This was that one. This was that one. And watching all of these years later, like, like an incredible marriage, incredible family. Man, so good. So good. I, I remember times, um, I think one of the, one of the promises that, that I've had to hold on to is times when I feel like he's left, but knowing that he hasn't. Like, you remember the promise in his word that says he will never leave you nor forsake you? If you're, if you're honest, with me there's been times when you feel like he's not there you, there's times where you're praying and it's like your pra- prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and you're like i mean i got nothing man so there's been some times when i've sat there and i'm like man i don't feel you but i believe that your word says that you haven't left i know you're here god i know you're here i know you're closer than the air i breathe even though i don't feel it in this moment i know i know i know why because he said it because he said it and after three years of drought, even after a severe bout with depression, Elijah believed that God could send rain even now. I wonder, sometimes I wonder if Honey the circle maker was inspired by the story of Elijah praying seven times. I wonder if Israel's original rainmaker was Honey's childhood hero. I wonder if Honey's persistence in prayer was linked to this miracle. I don't know. Maybe he thought something like that. Like, uh, if God did it for Elijah, he could do it for me. Have you ever thought that? Man, you know what? If God can do it for Elijah, he could do it for me. Maybe someone else's miracle, instead of getting bitter about it, you're like, wait a minute. No, if God can do it for them, he can do it for me. Maybe we, like, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And God comes through and breaks through in someone's life, and you're like, yeah. If God can do it for them, he can do it for me. I wonder if that's how Honey was. I don't know. 
One thing's for certain. Our most powerful prayers are linked to the promises of God. When you know you are praying the promises of God, you can pray with holy confidence. Isn't that true? You don't have to second-guess yourself because you know that God wants you to contend for and believe for his promise. Now, you guys remember this, this old adage. Watch, watch this. God said it. I believe it. And what? That settles it. What about this? Could we, uh, maybe we can adapt it just a little bit for this series. God said it. I've circled it. And that settles it. It was settled on the cross when Jesus said what? It is finished. It wasn't just the final installment on our sin debt. It was the down payment on all his promises. How do I know that? Watch this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. One, oh, sorry. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they're what? They're yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Isn't that powerful? His promises are yes. They're not maybe. They're yes. And no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3. God promised Joshua that he would give him every place he set his foot. And then there was a little addendum, if you remember, right towards the end there. Just as I promised Moses. You hear that? So he told Joshua, every place you set your foot, I'm giving to you. Just as I promised Moses. The promise was originally given to Moses. And then it was transferred to Joshua. And I, I can't help but think and believe that just as that transaction happened, that it's the same way with us in Jesus. The promises are first given to Jesus and transferred to us. I think that you look throughout Scripture and, man, how many promises do we have? As, man, depending on who's counting, right? As you read through Scripture, there are over 3,000 promises in Scripture. Did you know that? As you read through your Bible, there are over 3,000 promises that you can say, wait a minute, God said it? It's upside down. I've circled it. And that settles it. And you just believe it, and you contend for it, and, and you don't doubt it. And however long, man, it might be years, it might be years. You know, there were some promises in Scripture. You read the, the faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, there were some promises that they didn't even see, that they were contending for, and they just, they knew that some generation is going to see this promise. Even though our generations, there's generations to come that are going to see this promise. And they contended for it. I think uh, even though those promises have to be interpreted intelligently and applied accurately sometimes, there are moments when the Spirit of God will quicken one of those promises to your heart. And it was a promise that may have been originally intended for someone else. And then you just circle it, and you claim it, and you believe it. Watch some of these promises. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And watch, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all who call, I'm sorry, for, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Wouldn't that be a good promise to hold on to? One for you and for me to know that the, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a promise. If you're one in this room that you're just like, man, I don't know if I've ever received that gift. I want it. Guess what? It's a promise. And for, for those of us that, that have family members that are believers, that they, they don't yet have the Holy Spirit or whatever, uh, as far as the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they have the, him at salvation, but maybe not the baptism. Man, how many know that you can say, wait a minute, it's a promise. What about for your kids and for your kids' kids and for your kids' kids' kids? And you're thinking, wait a minute, God said it, I've circled it, and that settles it. What about Philippians 4.19? And my God will meet how many of your needs? According to what? His riches. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. You know what's interesting to me about that verse? Um, do you know... Do you know when that verse was written? That verse was written while the children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. In fact, they wanted to leave. In fact, a bunch of false prophets were rising up and saying, hey, it's, it's, it's time to go back to Jerusalem. We're going to get out of here and all this type of stuff. And Jeremiah is the only lonely prophet saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. The word of the Lord was 70 years, and we, we haven't quite made it that far. And, and, and the, the word of the Lord came through Jeremiah to say, this settle down plant gardens get married build houses and he goes on he says for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope in a future in other words that promise came in the midst of trial it came in the midst of pressure it came in the midst of a place where they didn't want to be and he says even in this place i'll prosper you and no harm's going to come near you even in this place, and you can claim that promise. I like, the, I like the other verse in Jeremiah where he says, pray for the peace and prosperity of the place of which I carried you, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. That tells me we should pray for Kearney, huh? And the Buffalo County and the surrounding areas. What about Isaiah 40? Would this be a good promise to keep? He gives strength to the weary. How many need strength today? <laughs> Anybody? and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Man, come on. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. What about Romans 8.37? Is this too many scriptures? I mean, even if you think it, you're going to be quiet right now. <laughs> no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to what? Separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, that's powerful. 
You think that might be one that you should hold on to and contend for? So good. What about this one? 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I would, I would imagine some of us might need this. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is what? Faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. That means when you think you are being tempted beyond what you can bear, it's not true. And watch this. When you are tempted, he will provide a way out. There's always a way out. And there's always a way out so that you can endure it. Man, I would think those would be some good ones. And, and there's about 3,000 more, 3, more where that came from. <laughs> Here, I want to give you something that might help you. This might be one of the most powerful things for you to understand as we, as we wrap up today. Um, might revolutionize the way you pray and the way you read the Bible. We often view prayer and Scripture reading as two distinct, different, separate disciplines without much overlap. But what if they were meant to go together? What if prayer and Scripture reading were meant to like, be hand in hand? What if reading became a form of praying and praying became a form of reading? One of the primary reasons we don't pray through is because we run out of things to say. Our lack of persistence is really a lack of, of a conversation piece, right? It's like you're, you're praying and then you're just like, I got nothing. I don't know. I don't, and, 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 you know, it's, it's, like, it's like you've ever been in a conversation and it's just awkward and you're just like, well, see you later. Or, or you're, you're, you're talking and then you just run out of something to talk about. And, and man, praying through Bible, praying through Scripture, like this gives you. In fact, I, I've always told people that the two things that, take, that took my prayer life to a whole nother level were speaking in tongues and memorizing Scripture. Man, you never run out of things to talk about. And you can pray through with confidence. So we pray through the Bible. Um, the Bible wasn't meant to be read through. The Bible was meant to be prayed through. And if you pray through it, you'll never run out of the promises to circle. Reading is the way you get through the Bible, and prayer is the way you get the Bible through you. As you pray, the Holy Spirit will quicken certain promises to your spirit. Over time, the promises of God will become your promises. And then you circle them. I would encourage you. Now, we, a lot of us use, use uh, Bible apps and things. I would encourage you to, you know, to have a, an actual Bible where you can have a pen and circle a promise. Underline it, highlight it. Man, you look at some of the Bibles I've had in my office. Man, they're highlighted and, and underlined and notes in the margins. And uh, some of my girls are like, hey, can, can I highlight in your Bible too? I'm like, no, no. Here, here's a Bible for you. <laughs> and then they got big old smiley faces and stuff in there. So. Man, what promises do we need to contend for? As a church, uh, I am continuing to contend for revival. Partly, not just because I desire it. Man, there has been so many prophetic words. There's been so many things through the history of this church. And then after I've been here, all of the, like, it's, it's just like, it's, it's there. It's like it's on his heart, it's on my heart, it's on some of your heart. I'm like, I can't stop praying and contending. It's this promise that's just held right there. And God's like, are you going to agree with it? 
Are you going to contend for it? Are you going to pray for it? Are you going to pull my promise into the present? I'm like, man, as much as it depends on me, I'm going to. And then you just leave it up to him, right? Yeah, revival. I'm contending for his presence. One of the things I've circled during my, my 21 days of prayer is, Lord, I just want you. Man, I just want you. I just want your presence. I just want, uh, even if nothing else matters, nothing else, all, everything else can go by the wayside. I just want you. What are you circling? Is there something in the word that you're just like, you know what, man, I need that this season. I need that maybe, maybe this morning when I said he'll never leave you nor forsake you, maybe you're in a lonely time and you need to circle that promise that he, he's, not, he's not gone. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's right there. And he wants you. He wants you more than you want him. We got to contend for his promises. There's a part of this whole thing where it doesn't depend on you. There's a part of this whole thing where you sit and you wait and you just let him do it. There, and, and there's places like that in Scripture where uh, the Elijah takes all of the Israelites through the, uh, the Red Sea and he says, the, the Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. What's he say? You need only to be still. Man, there are some times where it's just like God does his part and we just do nothing. <laughs> just sit. But there's also enough evidence in Scripture that says, man, if he says we need to contend for it, we need to contend for it. Amen? Amen. Can we stand this morning, Pastor Kelly? Lord Jesus, all over this place, we agree with what you've said. Lord, there's certain things on our prayer list that, man, we're, we don't know if they're our will or your will. We just we have them there. We're praying for them. We're submitting them to you. But God, there's other things. We know you said it. And you said it. You said it was in your word. You said it and it was a prophetic word. You said it and we're holding on to it. Whatever that may be, Lord, you said it. And it may have been years ago. It may have been last week. And Lord, right now, this morning, as a church and as individuals, as families, Lord, we're just once again confessing, Lord, we contend for your promises. We are circling those promises. Lord, we will not give up. We're not going to give up on the sixth lap. We're not going to give up on the, on the sixth time that we send the servant out to look for rain. Lord, we are not giving up. Lord, even the face of hardship and heartache and all of those things even that I expressed this morning. Lord, may there be no quit in us. Lord, all over this place, from the back to the front, may you have your way. Like this morning, I'm just, just sensing that there may be somebody in here that, that there's a promise that you've given up on. There's a promise that you've given up on. You prayed about it long and hard for a season or multiple seasons, and then somewhere over time it just, in fact, maybe you watched yourself say, well, this is just kind of the way it is. And the Lord's challenging us today to resurrect some of those promises, to resurrect some of those things that we've been praying for, some of those miracles and some of those dreams. And we're going to have a prayer team here in a moment, but before the prayer team comes, could you confess that before the Lord? And then I challenge you in just a minute. When we, it is, it's so 
freeing, that step of faith and, and even vulnerability to come forward and to let someone pray with you about that. Let's worship for just a moment with Pastor Kelly, and then I'm going to invite the prayer teams forward.
Wow. Amen. Amen. We're going to invite the prayer um, teams forward. And uh, I just encourage you to uh, come forward if you need prayer for anything, and especially